It is Thursday, October 19th, and this is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox, and I am back from vacation. What's up, everybody? On this week's show, we talk with Senator Patty Murray's communications director, Ellie Zupnik, about the bipartisan ACA subsidy deal the senator has brokered with Republican Lamar Alexander. And then we have our weekly call to action, followed by our dose of good news. We're first joined by Ellie Zupnik. He's the communications director for Senator Patty Murray, and he's here to help shed a little light on a bipartisan health care bill that has been officially introduced today by Senator Murray and Tennessee Senator Lamar Alexander. Uh, Ellie Zupnik, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me on, and thank you for everything that you do to help people understand how to fight back and make a difference with things going on here in D.C. Well, we're doing the best we can, and I know you are as well. So uh, last week, as we know, Trump used an executive action to end ACA subsidies to insurance companies, which uh, potentially would create what is known as a death spiral in which companies may hike rates astronomically or pull out of exchanges altogether. Uh, Very briefly, tell us what Senators Murray and Alexander's bill would do to counter that. Yeah, absolutely. And before I get into that, let me just take a step back and give a little bit of history on this. I think I think your listeners understand this and have been following it very closely, but uh, I think it could be helpful to give a little context. Sure. So when President Trump got into office, he said that his highest prior- priority was repealing Obamacare, passing Trump care. Uh, we Democrats knew the damage this would do to people. Millions of people would lose coverage. Premiums would skyrocket. Protections for people with pre-existing conditions would be cut off. But President Trump seemed intent on getting that done. He had a whole lot of Republicans who had spent a whole lot of years saying that that was their highest priority. Seven, and I believe. Then, seven years yeah, it was. Yeah. Seven years, many, many, many attempts at it with President Obama in office. And now they had the presidency. Now they had Congress. Now it looked like they were in a position to get it done. So Senator Murray came in after President Trump was elected, ready to fight back, and has spent the last 10 months fighting back as hard as she could. It hasn't been easy. As you know, we've seen Trump Care rearing its ugly head more than once, more than twice, more than three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Democrats have stood together. We've been united. Uh, people across the country have stood up, including many of people I'm sure who are listening to your podcast right now, and have helped arm Senator Murray and so many other Democrats uh, and a couple of Republicans to beat Trump Care back every time it came up. So that's been really good. Uh, for the country, it's been good for uh, patients and families, but it's, it's in no way is the threat gone, but at least it's pushed back. And one thing that Senator Murray has consistently said over the years is that she doesn't want to just fight back against bad ideas, most recently like Trump care. She's also willing to work with anyone from any party, Democrat, Republican, independent, who's willing to work with her to make health care more affordable, more accessible, higher quality, to make health care better. Right. And in many ways, that was sort of the the hope, really, of Obamacare moving forward. I mean, even President Obama himself said that the legislation itself was far from perfect. And I, I think he had hoped that it would be improved down the line. And this is really the first bipartisan effort uh, to try to make some sort of changes to the legislation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that Senator Murray has been clear about for years, that she is at the table. She's ready to get to work. She does not consider any law on the books to be a final product carved in stone. She is always looking to improve laws and help people and make things work better. Uh, And that's exactly what she wanted to do. And, And she's very glad that she was able to get that done, or at least we're on a path to getting that done with this agreement. So, you know, one thing that just a little bit more context is mm-hmm. that 
This was an agreement that she's been working on for weeks, so she was very glad that Chairman Alexander, who is the Republican head of the Senate Health Committee, she is the Democratic, the top Democrat on that committee, he has been willing to work with her on this health care bill. He is someone that she worked with to fix No Child Left Behind. She has a good working relationship with him on issues that are important to families in Washington state. And he's willing, he expressed willingness to work with her on this. He wanted to sit down and work with her to, to on a short-term bill. They didn't agree on everything, but at least they agreed that we should be working together to improve health care, not see premiums spike, and to just stabilize the market in the short term. This got shelved, as I'm sure you and many listeners remember. Republican leaders really were focused on passing Graham-Cassidy and trying right. to jam Trump Care Part 2 through. So they put this on ice and basically told uh, Republicans working on this, specifically Chairman Alexander, that he couldn't work on it. He had to pause. He publicly said that he was told by Republican leaders that he should pause his work on this while they work on trying to pass Graham-Cassidy. Now, thankfully, as, as you know, Graham-Cassidy was stopped. We had Republicans stand with Democrats to block Graham-Cassidy and reject that, again, thanks to so many people across the country making their voices heard. And Senator Murray was very glad to be able to get right back to work on this bipartisan approach. And uh, just a few days ago, she was able to announce that her and Chairman Alexander had a deal. And as you note, just today, she formally introduced it. They had 24 members uh, introducing it with them, 12 Democrats, 12 Republicans, which, as I'm, I'm sure you can do the quick math, 48 Democrats plus 12 Republicans gets you to 60 in the Senate. And there's almost certainly more support than just that. Uh, and she's just she's going to keep working until we get this done. Yeah. And and so that would ideally uh, be a filibuster proof majority. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, But I I do want to kind of circle back and talk about specifically what it is that what is officially being called Alexander Murray now uh, does to counter what Trump did when he used his executive action to end ACA subsidies. Uh, This is a bill that would provide subsidies for two years. So it's sort of a stopgap measure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm happy to go through some of what this bill does because uh, I think it, it does a whole lot of good things. Uh, so first of all, as you just mentioned, this agreement restores the the subsidies, the out-of-pocket cost reduction payments that President Trump announced that he'd be ending. It does it for the rest of 2017 as well as 2018 and 2019. So a little bit more than two years, uh, assuming that this can pass pretty soon. And can I just ask you as a point of clarification, does this legislation, would this legislation, if passed, override Trump's executive order ending the subsidies? It would. And what he has said is that he believes that these subsidies or these payments are not lawful, that they are against the law or not included in the law. We believe that that's not true, that the ACA allows and, and, and ensures that these subsidies should be paid and that President Trump has no right to stop them. Uh, so we have a fundamental disagreement with him about the current law. But what this would do is make it abundantly clear that he can no longer say that he is just simply allowed to stop these payments through executive action and he would have to make these payments for this period of time, two years. And the subsidy funding would come from, would that be the existing ACA money that the that the subsidies would come from under uh, Alexander Murray? Correct. Correct. Okay. There would be no new money that this is money that has already, already in the law. Okay. And, you know, what Senator Murray has, her focus on this is, has been to really stop some serious sabotage from the administration, something that um, as as you noted, experts say would raise premiums, 
by double digits for millions of families uh, and something that would that a whole lot of people are really worried about if it's allowed to continue. And this agreement would would put a halt to that. Um, uh, talk about that specifically, very, yeah. because I know that that's something that uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, had mentioned. Uh, he called them anti-sabotage provisions. Uh, yeah. Specifically, yeah. what are they? So that this is the most important one, the one that really ties President Trump's hands on and forces these payments to happen for the next two years. Um, and make sure that these benefits goes go to consumers, not insurance companies. It's right. something that many people have been talking about over the past few days, including President Trump, uh, although he's been in a few different places on this issue. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Few days. <laughs> but uh, he he has said that he wants to make sure that, that this is not a, quote, insurance company bailout. And Chairman Alexander today went to the Senate floor. Senator Murray went to the Senate floor. And they made it very clear that in this agreement are provisions to make sure that these payments go to consumers and that it can't be that insurance companies raise rates and also take the money in these payments for themselves and pad their profits, so-called double dipping, that this bill would stop that and make sure that the money payments go to reduce premiums, they go to consumers, there's a provision for to include rebates to consumers to make sure that they're actually getting the money if uh, their rates increase more than they should. Uh, and you know, again, like that goes to really stop what President Trump had tried to do just a little bit ago with his executive actions on this. And also, he was attempting, if I recall correctly, to uh, stop advertising during enrollment periods, uh, doing any yep. number of things to try to stop people from uh, enrolling in the program. Those would be prohibited under Alexander Murray as well, correct? So what, the, what this bill does, what the agreement would do is it would restore or invest $106 million in healthcare outreach and enrollment and direct that that money is invested in helping in, in the, the actual activities that we know would help people understand what their options are, um, what plans they could purchase, the outreach activities that we know help, in, help people, help make sure that the law works, uh, and just serve as educational tools and just uh, tools for people to um, to get the coverage that that is right for them. Right. So it it doesn't include um, specific prohibitions. So I, I can't tell you that this would stop anything that President Trump wanted to do on this front, but it would go a long way because he wanted to cut that money by up to ninety percent, and this invests one hundred six million dollars in those activities and directs it in a way that, that we think will be helpful. I want to ask a question that is specific to people in our state here in Washington, uh, because sure. I, as I understand it, the specifics haven't really been ironed out. But one of the concessions uh, the deal gives to Republicans is to give states more flexibility on what insurers are required to cover. Do we have any yeah. idea right now what that might mean specifically for people who rely on the exchange here in Washington? Sure. So right at the st- at the top, I could say that Senator Murray went into this negotiation hyper-focused on making sure that nothing in the bill would impact the ACA's consumer protections, what we call the essential health benefits. So these are critical benefits like maternity care, Mm -hmm. protections for people with with pre-existing conditions. Mm -hmm. Those were real bright lines for Senator Murray, who has made it clear that she wasn't going to allow health care to move backward. She wanted to move forward. She wanted to make progress. She wasn't going to let the insurance companies be put back in charge. She wasn't going to let consumers be... Uh, left out in the cold, she was going to make sure those those protections were put in place. So the other thing to keep in mind is that 
state innovation flexibility allowing states to offer different kind of innovative options is in the Affordable Care Act. This is a section called 1332. It's not the most descriptive name of a section, but <laughs> it's an important one. It allows states to apply for waivers to offer different kind of options on their exchanges as long as those consumer protections are maintained. This is something that Democrats wanted because we wanted the law to work well. We wanted the states to be able to innovate as, as long as it was actually improving care and, and making sure that those protections were maintained because our goal is high quality, affordable health care. And this was something that, you know, maybe something that worked in Washington state would work a little bit different in Massachusetts or would work a little bit different in Wisconsin. So but it doesn't right. But it, what it doesn't do ideally is uh, do what Graham Cassidy did, which is to remove a number of federal provisions that would allow states to essentially gut things like pre-existing conditions. So that's that's that's, that's exactly. basically what you're saying. You know, and as far exactly right. as far as that goes, a lot of people on the left are concerned about more concessions to Republicans uh, in order to garner support, which might bring it closer to what people are fearing would resemble something like repeal and replace. Um, talk yeah. a little bit about how Senator Murray has addressed those concerns. Sure. I mean, she has worked really hard to negotiate a, a good deal with Chairman Alexander, and, and she has talked to a whole lot of her colleagues who support this and, and who want it to move forward. So she is always open to good ideas that people have to make a bill better, to help more people, to prevent premiums from going up even better, to improve consumer protections even more. She's, of course, open to good ideas. Nothing is written in stone. This is a bill that was just introduced today. It's going to have to go through a process. She's not going to allow the the bright lines that she laid out, the priorities that she has made clear, that she is not going to allow people with pre-existing conditions to be hurt, benefits like maternity, maternity benefits, other benefits like that, that are essential health benefits to be eroded or cut. Um, so she is She's never going to say, this is set in stone, I will never negotiate again. But she is, has made it very clear that her goal in this and her priorities, what she values and what she thinks people across the country want, is to improve care, to make healthcare more affordable, to increase protections if possible, to make it right. so that consumers are put even more before insurance companies. And she's open to ideas that will do that. She's interested if there are ways that, if there are other ways that Republicans have or, or other Democrats have for uh, addressing some of the instability or giving states flexibility in ways that don't erode that coverage. Of course, she's open to it, but absolutely not. She will not allow this to become any version of Trump care. She certainly is not going to allow any of those bright lines to be crossed where, where patients will be hurt, families would be hurt, um, or insurance companies would be put in any kind of better position to, to dictate terms uh, than they should be. So, so people should feel like Senator Murray, Senator Murray is very, um, is, has worked on these negotiations before. She's always going to be interested in getting the best possible deal. Uh, and she comes into this with very, very clear values and priorities that she's just not going to allow to be uh, eroded. Now, the bill is obviously going to need to make it through the House, uh, where yeah. many Republicans have already you know, said that it's they're calling it a bailout for insurers. Um, a bipartisan group of governors and attorneys general around the country have expressed a lot of support for the deal. Is this something that the senator has considered as a way to possibly leverage some support in the House by possibly getting governors to encourage their representatives to get behind the bill? 
Absolutely. I, I think there's a there are a whole lot of people across the country, healthcare experts, governors, insurance commissioners, to say nothing of patients and families and advocates who are going to look at this and say, this is something that will help patients. This will prevent premium increases. This will help states. This will help state governments. This is, will be good right. for the budget. This will prevent, inc- prevent, be good for the economy, prevent people from spending more money on premiums. So there's going well, to be Well, that's how you, fund. I was going to say, if it's good for the economy, that's potentially how you could really reach some conservatives, at least the fiscal conservatives anyway. Absolutely. There's, there's going to be a ton of pressure because this is something that will actually help people. And to stop this, to block this, to say, I want, I would rather we don't do this and allow premiums to go up and families to get to be hurt. That's a real tough political position to take, even for Republicans in the House. So there's going to be a whole lot of pressure on Republicans in the House and the Senate to be on the side of their constituents and to stand with people and actually work with Democrats to get this done. They may not like it, many of them. Some of them may be very committed so committed to passing Trump care or repealing Obamacare that they can't do anything on health care. And, and there are certainly Republicans that are never going to vote for anything short of repealing Obamacare. And I, I think, think we know who they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Senator Murray has, has, um, has said that, that she, she is confident that people across the country are going to put a ton of pressure on and, and she's willing to work with anyone to try to get this over the, over the finish line. And, and she is, you know, you can't make any guarantees, and, and it, it's even hard to speculate when it comes to the House and Republican politics, but she's very hopeful and she's optimistic because she thinks this is this is good legislation that's just common sense, and, and people are going to put a lot of pressure on them to, to get it over the finish line. Terrific. Well, Ellie Zepnik, thank you so much for uh, spending the time, and uh, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And we will end on this week's call to action. But first, let us have our dose of good news. And this first item isn't so much good news as it is some just and necessary accountability. As you have likely now heard, film producer Harvey Weinstein has been ejected from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. This following allegations of sexual assault by more than 20 women. Now, putting aside for a moment the fact that Ampass continues to retain members like Roman Polanski and Bill Cosby, it does beg the question why an organization devoted to making movies seems to have a harder line on sexual predators in its ranks than, say, the Republican Party. I should mention that the move by Ampass came following a petition started by UK filmmaker Kellen Phillips that was signed by over 116,000 people demanding Weinstein's removal. Uh, I should also mention that a group of Labour Party MPs in Great Britain have petitioned Prime Minister Theresa May to strip Weinstein of his Commander of the British Empire title. So... Maybe it's just that we voters haven't applied the right sort of pressure yet, or maybe we're not British, or maybe it's that the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences isn't made up of a bunch of soulless ghouls who are willing to tolerate a sexual predator in their midst as long as they get a chance to shred the social safety net and pass tax cuts for billionaires, or 
Maybe at least not entirely. Who knows? I, I have really bad jet lag. Oh, and also in unreservedly good news, circuit court judges in Hawaii and Maryland blocked Trump's latest travel ban on the day it was due to take effect. U.S. District Court Judge Theodore Chuang said the Trump administration had, quote, not shown that national security cannot be maintained without an unprecedented eight-country travel ban. So I guess third time is not a charm, even when you throw in North Korea and Venezuela into the mix, or that maybe it was the fourth time again. And so time for this week's call to action. And that is to say thank you to Senator Patty Murray for her work in brokering a bipartisan deal to potentially save the ACA exchange. Now, there is still a long way to go, and there are no guarantees that it will make it to a vote in the Senate, let alone the House. But given just how erratic Trump has been in all of this, it would be reassuring, to say the least, to have some sort of legislation from Congress that could override him in a meaningful way. And of course, if it succeeds, it would keep the insurance markets from going into a death spiral and it would save health benefits for an estimated 17 million people. So let us give our thanks to our senior senator. And that is this week's call to action. And that will do it for this week's show. I will say that it is wonderful to be back from my overseas vacation. I will also say that it's tiring having to pretend you're Canadian for 12 days. I kid. I actually just told people I was from Seattle, and anybody who knew anything about American politics knows not to blame us for the whole Trump disaster. Anyway, I missed you guys. It's nice to be back. As always, for more information about the show, head to indivisiblepodcast.org and subscribe while you are there. The email address for the show is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. And our Twitter handle is at indivisiblepod. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative, Inc. Thank you to Kelly Arndt for her help in this week's show. Thanks to my guest, Ellie Zupnik. And thanks, as always, to you for listening. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.